Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, brothers and sisters, our recording has started. It is time for another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour. We're going to go ahead and get ready to bring on our YouTube. Our YouTube listeners, we're going to get ready to bring on our YouTube listeners in one moment. Let's see. Going to get ready to bring on our YouTube listeners in one moment. Let me go ahead and do this last share. Hit this last share. And there are a couple of things, brothers and sisters, that I'm asking and going to request from you all. There's a a family that was just um, burned out of their home. And um, they need clothes. They need just the basic essential things. So I'm going to put the number in there for their Zelle. She has two small children. And I'm going to ask for your assistance to help this sister. School has just started here in the Chicagoland area. They need school clothes and all those things. So again, um, we thank you in advance, brothers and sisters. Let's see if I can put her number in the comment section. There you go. That is her Zell. Um, one of our poet sisters who goes by the name of Madam J. Quee, but her government name is Jasmine. So again, it's coming up there. She was just burnt out of her home and our sister needs aid and assistance. Okay, let me see if I can get her on here to just look and tune in. All right, brothers and sisters, let's go ahead and get ready for YouTube. And YouTube is going live in 10 seconds. Thank you for tuning in. All right, five seconds. Three. Thank you, YouTube, for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning POET Radio. It is 7.32 Eastern Standard Time, and it is time for another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour. Brothers and sisters, I know you're used to us coming on at 7 o'clock, but... Um, I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but God has showed me favor at my 30 year job that I've been on for 30 years and management, upper level management has decided that they wanted to promote me to a manager's position. And that position is called patient advocate manager. So I will, I will not will, I have been going into the room, speaking to the patients and um, solving their issues that they've had that they have at the institution or the Cook County Hospital that we work. So 
I'm thanking God um, for that blessing and thank all of you who believe in what we do here on Tuesdays because God will make room for you, brothers and sisters. Let's go, go ahead and get down to business with this lesson tonight. This lesson tonight is, in, is, is designed to encourage each of us to look inside of ourselves, brothers and sisters. From the creation of man, God has had plans for us. God wanted to make us in his image and in his likeness, ultimately creating gods here on earth. And that's why Jesus said, you are all God's children of the most high God. Jesus wasn't lying when he said that, but we don't have that potential anymore because we have fallen from God to man to beast or the potential to be God to man to beast. So we have really given in to that emotion. Cain killed his brother Abel because of his emotions. Adam sinned against God because his wife had already uh, put a death sentence on herself. He gave into that because of his love for her. He gave in to his emotions, his feelings. But if he would have loved God more than he loved Eve, then he would have rejected what Eve had to bring to him. But because of his emotions, y'all see where I'm going tonight, brothers and sisters. My biggest enemy is the inner me. Our biggest enemy is the enemy. God gives man his first commandment and law in the garden. And we got to go back there to Genesis, the second chapter. Turn your Bible to the book of Genesis, the second chapter. This will be a decisive moment on how man is given a burden of responsibility to keep the law. Law has always been here, brothers and sisters. It just didn't come with Moses and the Ten Commandments. No, there was law in heaven. And there was law on earth. So let's go to Genesis, the second chapter. And we're going to read verse 15 through 17. Genesis 2. And we're going to read 15 through 17, brothers and sisters. Again, there was always law and there will always be law. Genesis 2, 15 through 17. I don't know what's wrong with this internet today, but we're going to work it out. We're going to work it out. Genesis 2, 15 through 17. And it reads, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So what do we learn here? Adam wasn't created in the garden of Eden. Wherever he was created, he was taken from that place in which he was created from and placed in the Garden of Eden. Verse 16, it said, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. So let's break this thing down with some understanding. God basically instructed Adam that, hey, there's a fallen being that we kicked out of heaven that is here in the garden. One of his titles is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I don't want you convening with him. I don't want you talking to him. I don't want you communicating with him. 
And the day that you communicate with him and you consume the information that he's going to give you, that's the day that I'm going to cut you off from everlasting life. Now, let's go ahead and keep reading. Let's go to the book of Hosea, the 10th chapter, because for the purposes of this lesson tonight, we talking about eating and we talking about a fruit. And then most people that have imagination goes to, well, he ate an Adam, an apple. That's why it's called Adam's apple. No, he didn't eat fruit, brothers and sisters, when he was commanded not to eat of the tree of the uh, of knowledge of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because that tree was Satan. Don't you think of apples made you intelligent or fruit made you intelligent? There's a lot of people that would be intelligent today that ate fruit. But let me explain to you the poetic or the poetry side of this and the understanding of this when the Lord said, don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Let's go to Hosea, the 10th chapter, and we're going to read one verse 13, Hosea 10 and 13. And this is just to put understanding on this as we go to our lesson today which is the biggest, my biggest enemy is the enemy. Hosea 10 and 13. Now we're going to get some understanding of what that fruit was in the garden. It says, you have plowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have eaten of the fruit of lies. So what fruit did Adam eat in the garden? He ate of the fruit of lies. Let me read it again. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies because you did not trust in thy way and the multitude of thy mighty men. So it was the fruit of lies that this tree of the knowledge of good and evil or Satan bared. This was the fruit that he bore. The fruit of lies. So let's go ahead and continue reading. Let's go to Genesis, the third chapter, and let's find out what that fruit was. It says, you know, after disobeying God and breaking his commandment, which he told him not to eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, and he did it, sin entered into the world, and death followed sin. Let's go to Genesis, the third chapter. Now, before we go to verse 21, let's find out what the lie was that Satan told them. Now, remember, the Lord already told them that you, the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. So anyone that comes and tells you it's okay to do something that God told you not to do is a devil, brothers and sisters. They may not know it, but that's the spirit in which they are operating in. Those who want to do these same-sex marriages in the church and say it's sanctioned by God. Well, another lesson for another time, but let's talk about it. It says at verse 3, and we're going to read 1 through 4, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than the beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yeah, have God said you shall not eat? of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in, in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die, 
So you're going to come and tell me it's okay to do something that God has already told us not to do. And that's the way the inner us talks to us. You know you should not be doing this. That's the spirit of God talking. And then the inner you, that flesh starts pulling on you and says, well, man, it just go ahead and do it anyway. It feels so good. Just, just go ahead and do it anyway. And some of us, when we were children, remember, if it's something that we really wanted to do and we know we were going to get in trouble for it, sometimes we just say, you know what? I know I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to just suffer the consequences. Who did that before? I did it. Knowing that I was going to get in trouble, knowing that I was going to be put on punishment. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to take this L because I, I, I really want to do this. I'm going to go and do this. I know my parents told me not to do it. I know I'm going to be put on punishment. But I'm going to go enjoy myself right now and I'm going to deal with the consequences later. And that's exactly what happened. And because they sinned against God and did something that he told them not to do. And Satan encouraged them saying that, hey, you could do this. Just like the people tell you, you know what? You can eat that pork. It's okay. Somewhere in the New Testament, God said it's okay to do it. Or you could do this. It, it, it's okay. Y'all don't have to keep that old law no more. That was for the Old Testament. How many people have told you that before? So when man sinned, something had to die in the world. Blood had to be shed because when there is sin, death follows that sin. So let's see what happened. What was the first thing in God's creation to die? The first life form to actually suffer a physical death. Verse 21, it says, unto Adam also and to his wife Eve did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. Where are you going to get a coat of skin from? Well, you wear that when you wear your fur. That is a coat of skin. When you wear your chinchilla outside, that is a coat of skin. So God, as it related to Adam and Eve sinning, he had to kill an animal. Shed the blood of an animal and take the fur from that animal, the coat of skin from that animal and cover the private parts of Adam and Eve, brothers and sisters. So we're talking about tonight, the biggest enemy is the enemy. How can I get past this irresistible urge that I have to do this or to do that? My biggest enemy is the inner me. So when God created man, it was written that in the beginning that the lamb was going to be slain from the foundation of the world. Because the day that Adam sinned, Jesus knew that he had to die. Who's the lamb of God? It's Jesus, brothers and sisters. Now, 
the prophecy was already there that Jesus was going to be king of kings and lord of lords. He was going to sit on the throne of David here on earth. He was going to have a government upon his shoulders and of his rule. There should be no end. That was the prophecy. But that was just one prophecy. Jesus had two missions. One was to be a sin offering for the remissions of sin of men. And the other one was to be that ruler. King of kings and lord of lords. So it was not understood by the Jews that when he first came, he didn't come to be king of kings and lord of lords. So they didn't accept him because they were under the rule of the Roman Empire. for 500 years. And if you are the son of God, if you are the chosen one, if you are the Messiah. The anointed one. Then you will come and get us out of the persecution of the Romans and the Roman Empire. But Jesus didn't come as a lion during that time. He came as a lamb prepared for the slaughter. So let's go to Revelations 13 and 8. Revelations 13 and 8. And let's read about what was to come that had not happened yet. Revelation 13 and 8. Remember, we still in the garden. Man had just sinned. God had killed an animal to uh, shed the blood of an animal to cover them. Revelation 13 and 8. It says, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose name are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So some people say, well. I don't trust God because God already knew that Jesus was going to come into the world and die and all these, all these things, everything that happened, God knows it's going to happen before it happened. Well, when man disobeys God, there's a penalty for that. And there's a price that must be paid for that. Adam could have, he could have resisted. Satan, God would have replaced Eve, gave him another wife. But after he sinned and ate of that fruit of lies that Satan had given his wife and she had gave to him. From that moment, the lamb was slain. He knew that he had to die to come to redeem his creation. Why do I say his creation? Because it was Jesus or the word that he was calling the beginning was the one who made man. Read the book of John when you get a chance. One and one in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and all the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. The word. And without him, there was nothing made that was made. So man was Jesus's project. And since you made man, and in the book of Genesis, the sixth chapter, it said, it repented me that I had made man. So since you made him, the father say, you go fix it. Okay. Genesis, the fourth chapter. Genesis, the fourth chapter. Satan uses our flesh as a weapon against us, brothers and sisters. The flesh is so weak, and if we are led by our flesh, it is easy to lust, 
for these physical desires. I know, brothers and sisters. And when it comes to being a man, it's even more pressure on us of these type of desires of the flesh, brothers and sisters. That's why some of the greatest men that have ever lived who were flesh and blood human beings gave in to a woman. Samson, the strongest man that ever lived on the face of the earth, the man who was who Hercules were pat, was patterned after. He succumbed to what? A woman. David, a man after God's own heart, chosen king of Israel, succumbed to his desires of a woman. And I can go on and on and on with that list, brothers and sisters. King Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines gave in to his desire of women. That flesh, brothers and sisters, once we give in to these things, it's not only a danger to ourselves, but it is danger to other people. Let's go to Genesis, the fourth chapter, three through eight. Genesis four. And we're going to read verses three through eight, Genesis four. And we're going to read verses three through eight. And it reads, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and offering them to the Lord. And Abel, he also brought the firstlings of his flock. So why does it mention the firstlings of Abel's flock? But when it mentions Cain's fruit, it doesn't say the first fruits. It just says in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Casual offering. And Abel, he brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. He had a frown on his face and the Lord said unto Cain, why are you angry? And why do you have a frown on your face? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, shall you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and you shall, and he shall rule over you. Talking about sin. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Cain gave in to his emotions, brothers and sisters. And we got people in the cemetery today and in prison today because they gave in to, somebody gave in to their emotions. We got to keep those emotions in check. Imagine making a split decision that will cost you the next 20 years of your life. Making an emotional decision that only lasts for a moment. But now you got to pay for it for the next five years and 10 years. It has changed the whole trajectory of your life. Because you could not control your emotions. 
Let us continue and let us move on. Let's go to the book of Romans, the third chapter. Let us move to Romans, the third chapter. We are all guilty, brothers and sisters, of one thing or another. You may be okay in this area. That doesn't give you the permission to judge people who are struggling in the area where you got things under control. As a matter of fact, you will talk about all the areas that you got under control until it comes to the area that you are struggling in. You don't never want to talk about those areas. This is why we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to follow man, but follow the word of God because man errors. We're supposed to just be guides that guide you to the word of God. I know some people who have left churches and houses of God because they judged the one behind the pulpit. Or even they judged the one who brought them to God and said, okay, man, if you out there, you like that, or she out there and she like that, I'm not going to even read the word of God no more. Why are you following man anyway? You're supposed to be following God, and the way you follow God is to follow his word. Let's go to Romans, the third chapter, and that's why we read scripture in this Bible class. Romans, the third chapter, and let's go to verse 23. Romans 3 and 23, and it reads, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Let he who is without sin write in the comment section that I am without sin. We all, brothers and sisters, have sinned at one time or another. We know the word of God and we know what's right, yet we keep doing wrong. And that's all of us. All of us struggle. We get road rage. Somebody talks about us. We want to talk right back at them. You're going to stand before God and you're going to say, oh, I did that because I was defending myself. Uh, he don't want to hear that. He want to hear what you did. Can you walk away? Can you turn the other cheek? Can you forgive those who spite you? I know it's hard to do, brothers and sisters. That's why we're not in a position to judge anybody, right? So this includes pastors and teachers and leaders, politicians and presidents. I don't care who you are. You're still a man. You're still a woman. You're still a flesh and blood human being that needs correction. Romans 7, 14 through 25. Romans 7. 14 through 25, and it reads, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am a colonel, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not, but what I hate, that I do. So Paul is struggling right here. He's telling you the things that I don't even want to do, I find myself doing them. And that's all of us, brothers and sisters. Verse 16, if then I do that, 
which I don't want to do, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. The biggest enemy is the inner me. Because that's where the sin dwells within us, brothers and sisters. Verse 18, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. I got the urge to do it. I want to do it in my mind. I want to do the right thing. It says, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. So I talk to God every day. I pray to God every day. I tell him that I want to do the right things. But I still find myself doing the wrong things. Verse 19. For the good that I that I want to do, but the evil which I don't want to do, that I do. Now, if I do that which I don't want to do, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. So we got that duality in us all the time. We got a good side of us and we got a bad side of us. And oftentimes we give in to that bad side of us because it feels so good to the flesh. And that's why Jesus warred with himself when he was about to be captured. And the flesh spoke up and said, if you could let this cup pass me and give it to somebody else, I ain't ready to die. That was his flesh talk. But he controlled his flesh with his spirit and he said, but if it be thy will, let it be done. But the flesh said, no, uh, -uh wait a minute, let this cup pass me. And then the flesh jumped up again when he was on the cross and he said, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? That was the flesh speaking, brothers and sisters. Because Jesus know that the father never forsook him. But the flesh was still pulling on him. You ever seen Spider-Man? And that new black suit that he wears called Venom. And as much as he tries to pull the suit off, that he can't pull it off of him. And when he's in that black suit, he becomes very aggressive and he does the things that the regular Spider-Man wouldn't do. I'm a, I'm a Marvel, you know, Spider-Man fan and all that stuff. So if you out there, you know what I'm talking about. But let's go ahead and get back to the lesson. It says, but it says for then a law for for I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So when so then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin, the biggest enemy is the inner me the biggest enemy is the inner 
me. Show me one person on earth that's without sin, brothers and sisters. And if there's nobody on earth that's without sin, then how can we stand in a position to judge and criticize one another? Because, you know, we got that good. We like to criticize our brother and our sister. Look at her. Look at him. Look at what they doing. Look at what she's doing. Look at what he's doing. But you forgot about what you used to do. Or maybe some of the things that you're doing that you don't think ain't that bad. Let's go ahead and read about it. Let's go to 1 John 1. 1 John 1. And we're going to re read 5 through 10. 1 John 1. And we're going to read verses 5 through 10. And it reads. This then is the message we, which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceiveth ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. I hope y'all listen to what I just said, brothers and sisters. There is a penalty, brothers and sisters, for doing evil, and there's also a penalty for doing good. Say that again. There's a penalty for doing evil, and there's a penalty for doing good. So y'all remember the old phrase, damn if I do and damned if I don't? I always talk to people about the blessing and the curse. When you have an anointing, there will be those who hate on you just because you have an anointing. Who does he think he is? Who does she think he is? I know you've experienced it, brothers and sisters. That's the blessing and the curse. Damned if I do, damned if I don't. Well, if you're going to be damned if you do or damned if you don't, just you might as well just keep doing the right thing. Because it doesn't matter what man thinks. It matters what God thinks. Let's go to 1 Peter 2 and 20. 1 Peter 2. And 20. And it reads. For what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently. But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently. This is acceptable with God for even here unto where you call where you called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was gal found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. So again, Jesus didn't rebuke them that rebuked him 
when it was come time when it came time for him to die when he suffered he didn't threaten the people that persecuted him he said we ought to walk in his footsteps so when someone says something negative to you on social media on your job in your family just let the dirt let the dirt off your shoulders and keep it moving let your actions be your defense let your example that god is in you be your defense it says at verse 24 who who his own self bear our sins and his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed so brothers and sisters don't give in to those emotions those emotions that we could give into but shouldn't give into right let's go down here the flesh wants this world or wants what this world has to offer i'm gonna say that again it wants the gold it wants the money it wants the jewelry wants the women wants the fame this flesh wants what this world has to offer now some say that god loves this world but you got to say that with understanding brothers and sisters because this is satan's world why would god love satan's world so you know that john 3 16 could not have meant what most people have taught over the years that it meant but let's see whose world this really is first john 2 15 and 16. first john 2 15 and 16 and it reads love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world so what is it about this world that god hates because the world we live in is ran and ruled by Satan and his fallen angels. And that's why this world is going to pass away and God is going to begin over again with a new world, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter because we also need to find out who's the ruler of this world brothers and sisters second corinthians 4 1 through 5 second corinthians 4 1 through 5 and it reads therefore seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy and we not faint but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, say that again, in whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of christ who is in the image of god should shine unto them so we got to be careful 
about how much we love the world and the things of this world, saying that the God of this world is the one who gives them, right? Now, stay on the path, brothers and sisters. We always remember this, that the devil can't win playing God's game. Again, the devil can't win playing God's game. Let's go to the book of Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Proverbs, the fourth chapter. We're going to read verses one and two, and it reads, Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. Let's go to verses four and five. He taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. So what do we learn so far, brothers and sisters, that I don't care what you do and what you hear, you can't get around keeping the commandments of God. And anybody that teaches you that you don't have to keep the commandments to God. They are of the same spirit that was in the garden in Genesis, the third chapter that told Eve, did God tell you that you don't have to eat of every fruit of the tree of, uh, of the tree of, of, of the garden? And she said, yeah. He said, we can't eat of the tree of the midst of the garden. The day that we eat of it, we should surely die. Oh, you should not surely die. That's that same spirit, brothers and sisters. Let's read 11 through 15. 11 through 15, and it reads, I have taught you in the ways of wisdom. I have led you in the right paths. When you go, your steps shall not be straightened. And when you run, you shall not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is your life. Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. So God is telling us, stay on the straight and narrow path, brothers and sisters. You go that direction, things will go well for you. I know it looks like everybody's winning and everything is all good. And you got to remember, this is Satan's world. So those who have connected themselves to Satan's world yeah, they're going to prosper in Satan's world. But this life is an audition for eternal life. What sense does it make to get everything that this world have to offer and get nothing that God has to offer for us in the world to come? Verse 20 through 27, Proverbs 20 through 27, and it reads, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from the uh, froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. 
So God is telling us. We got to stay focused and we got to stay disciplined. And that's what fasting is for, brothers and sisters. It allows us to deny ourselves that which we desire the most when we are hungry. When you have that thirst, when you have that hunger. You learn how to deny yourself. So when you have their flesh has its thirst and, and has its hunger, then we learn more how to deny ourselves that. And again, brothers and sisters, we all fall victim. Let's close this thing out in the book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter. How do we defeat the inner us? That enemy that keeps on trying to pull us off of the straight and narrow path. Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. And it reads, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Again, what is the armor of God? Let's put it out there right now. The armor of God is nothing more than the word of God. Keep his words, keep his saying, keep his commandments. That's how we stay winning. The moment we feel like we don't have to keep his words, keep his commandments, keep his saying, that's when the devil start winning. But remember, the devil can't win playing God's game. It says, stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet showed with the preparation of gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take on the helmet of salvation and the word of the spirit which is the word of God. So, brothers and sisters, we learned about it today. That the biggest enemy... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.